Who's going to take care of me? <laughs> um, excuse me. You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die... All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the analysis. I got on the other side of my table here. Say hi to the people. Hi, people. What's up? That is Bobby Peterson. And Bobby Peterson, you are my horror expert. You are my guy for anything sick or depraved. <laughs> so just hearing your voice, people probably know that we're going to be talking about something nasty today. Uh, so today we are actually going to be talking about a, a big movie that's been killing it on the Rotten Tomatoes in terms of uh, fresh reviews, but we're going to be talking about the new horror film Hereditary, done by first-time director Ari Aster, and this was a movie that has been on your radar for a little bit. Can you kind of just talk about how you came across this, and you kind of brought it to me, and you were excited about it before we even saw a trailer during A Quiet Place? Yeah, this has been on my radar for close to six months, probably. Um, there were some early screenings. Uh, that I heard about from some horror movie message boards. Easiest way to find out about up and coming stuff because most horror movies don't get big releases, they get small releases. So What message boards do you normally go to? Uh, bloodydisgusting.com. <laughs> uh, I can't say that with a straight face. Uh, yeah. The guy who runs it calls himself Mr. Disgusting. So that. Oh, that's know. weird. That's what I call you. Yeah, I mean, you know. That's why, that's why I like the site. Uh, no, just uh, earlier reviews came out about it. It was just early buzz. Uh, the production company called A24 did it, and they also did uh, The Witch. They did The Witch, which we were talking about. Yeah. And then it, it comes at night. It comes at night. Yeah. So they they try to corner like the more psychological horror versus the straight up slasher thrasher kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we saw this when we went to see Jimmy Halpert's movie A Quiet Place, and that was the first time I had seen the trailer. And right before, because me and you had seen that movie together too, you kind of tapped me and you said, oh, this one, this one, look out for it. And already, and these movies are the ones that really freak me out. These kind of psychological, more more so than like the monster scare that was Quiet Place, even though we both really like that one as well. Yeah. Uh, but so I was admittedly nervous before we went to see this over the weekend and I and I was really surprised because you've seen a lot of horror you you you're very kind of numb to some of the the shake-up themes that that happened to the common person but you were even a little nervous going to see this too yeah just from what I read it, it's it's a word that came up a lot in a lot of uh, reviews and whatnot and was the word relentless and when this movie gets going it's just dread the entire time it doesn't it doesn't stop <laughs> well and see that's the thing with these a24 movies and first of all let me before we really dig into hereditary let me first start kind of by saying horrors back did yeah. you that was the first feeling I got <laughs> with this was the run and, and you could even date it back to when get out came out and then Jordan Peele wins the Oscar for best screenplay in that. And that's a pretty big accomplishment for the thriller or horror genre, in my opinion. Yeah. And then even through this year, I can safely say that three of the top five movies that I've seen this year have all been from the genre. So I would say Quiet Place is one of the best movies I've seen this year. I would say this movie is one of the best movies I've seen this year. And I would also say, because I had seen, I don't know when It Comes at Night was released, but I saw that and I thought that that was pretty entertaining as well so 
that's not something I normally say about horror <laughs> films. It's been a while, but we've had this really, and thanks to A24, we've had this really cool run of really impactful horror movies. Don't you feel? Yeah. Uh, artists are taking chances, and also studios are taking chances. Like, obviously, we keep saying A24, but, like, Get Out, like, that was, like, a major production. And studios are getting behind it. Critics are seeing it. Critics are giving it good reviews, and then just becomes word of mouth from there. Yeah, and this movie premiered at Sundance. That's where a lot of it, it kind of came on the radar at Sundance. And then South by Southwest just helped with that hype train. And it's, I feel that it's appropriately graded on Rotten Tomatoes around 94%. Absolutely. So I, and, and the thing that I liked about this movie, and because you know me, I'm like a sucker for the, 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 the bedroom drama or like yeah. the, the living room dramas. And so this movie kind of, for three-fourths of it, is about tragedy and loss and this family in grief. And, and I feel, especially through the performances of Toni Collette, Ooh, yeah. I honestly think she might get nominated for this. I hope so, man. I wouldn't be surprised. And again, the horror's already kind of broken through in terms of the award season, and I know they don't care. I know that most of the horror films don't care what, what awards get handed out at the end of the year. But, you know, Jordan Peele got some respect, and I could, I could see, just because there's some really fantastic uh, monologues that she gives in this, especially in that support group, the first one where she's talking about her mother's life, her life, uh, the, the the kind of grief stricken uh, way that her family's gone about, but I, I really thought this movie doesn't work without a performance on that level. Absolutely, that scene you just mentioned, the the dinner room table scene when three three family members are sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a dream sequence that is just brutal, and it got oh, audible gas yeah, from our audience when she starts talking. And, <laughs> and and by the way, if you've gotten this far, we will be doing some spoilers today. So yeah. if you have not seen this movie, then now is a good time to shut us down. We did like it. Go see it come back to us whenever you see it and uh, listen to the rest of our analysis on this but yeah when she starts talking now into spoilers when she starts talking about how she wanted to abort the son and she tried everything uh, under the sun to have a miscarriage brutal oh man literally just gasp from from the audience and the scene keeps going too it's not just like a dropping the line and we're gonna move on from it no she's talking to her son and tells her son to his face that she wanted to abort him, and she tried everything she could, and it failed. But she was happy that it failed. Yeah, because it's like, I love you, of course, of course. Like, how do you walk back that statement that almost made you not exist? So Louis C.K. had this bit about, of course, but maybe, how he has this, of course, of course, everyone should beware of nuts and nut allergies, of course. But maybe if touching a peanut kills you, you're supposed to die. And so he has this, like, of course, but maybe that he wrestles with in his mind. And the but maybe always makes him feel, uh, you know, makes him feel dark inside and sick inside. Uh, and also very ironic that I use that example because we do have a nut allergy scene in play here. Yeah. So very early. Pretty integral. At the wake of the mother. And that was the first thing I said to you was when uh, the little girl's eating her chocolate bar, when Charlie's eating her chocolate bar, and then... First, the, the, the brother comes in and he's like, that doesn't have nuts in it, does it? And she's like, no. And then the mother comes by and she says, nuts like three times rapid fire. Is that nuts? Does that have nuts? We don't have the epic Is that nuts in there? I was yeah. like, all right, Bobby. That's, uh, mark that. 
we're going to have another allergy pretty yeah. soon. So, uh, to <laughs> Louis C.K.'s point, maybe if touching a peanut's supposed to kill you, you're supposed to die. Yeah. But of course we're supposed to look after the kids. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that said, the allergy is not what, what uh, ultimately does her in. <laughs> yeah, which was, which was very shocking. Uh, that scene uh, rattled me the most in terms of some of the, uh, the jump scares. Uh, but there's... There's a piece in this film, and it really plays like a drama, and it, it kind of slowly starts to sink its hooks into you, which I appreciated. It's yeah, not it's, it's a slow burn. Yeah, and, and Relentless isn't the way I would necessarily explain this movie, because it very much gradually tightens its grip, and the, the last 20 minutes, yeah, is, is relentless, yeah. but I would say that's the thing I appreciated about it, back to my living in drama, was... There was just a lot of dramatic elements in this as well that made it that much more real and kind of made you live in that tragedy more. And there was something you said right after the movie, which I thought was was a particularly good observation, but you were kind of talking about how you live in the moments longer with this movie than yeah. with other movies. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah. Uh, again, we're going to talk about huge huge plot point here. Uh, there's a scene where the brother... Play freak accident kills his sister. See the movie to find out how. But he sits in the car. The camera's on him for probably close to a full 60 seconds. And you're living in that moment with him. And tears slowly start to well up in his eyes. And he's afraid to look at what he did. And he just leaves the scene. But you just sit there with him. Real time. It's unreal. Just a single cut. Yeah, and even just the pull up when he's coming back to the house. Oof. And just the slow pull up. And then you hear the... When he, when, he, when he throws it in park, but the car's reminding him that the keys are sounding like ding, 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 ding. But he's just kind of in a, in a haze state. And so everything's moving very slowly, but they really take their time in that moment. Uh, and then, uh, Jesus, that like, that's the, the, her oh. screaming uh, in pain and, and in horror uh, after she finds that body the next morning is, God, it's going to stay with me for a while. Yeah. Like when I was telling a bunch of friends of mine that are also horror fans, I was telling them to go see this movie. I said, go see this movie. If you bring your girlfriends or someone who's not too keen to horror of any sort, I, I, I tell them, me personally, there's a scene in this movie that affected me really terribly. I said, it affected me. So it, it, it's got to be pretty bad if it's messing with me a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. you exercise caution. But yeah, back to it. I was this was the first time I've kind of been nervous to see a movie since Bone Tomahawk because yeah. I just kind of heard and, and there was just an energy behind Bone Tomahawk that was like there was some stuff that you're not going to be able to unsee <laughs> once you see this movie. Or I, I had read somewhere like I've, I've only I'll only watch this movie once. Uh, same kind of how I felt about Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Yeah. That's... Where it's just like, someone had told me, just, you're going to watch it one time, and that's going to be the only time you ever watch it, but you, yeah. you're going to feel proud that you got through it. I don't know, in terms of rewatchability, how many more times I'm going to watch Hereditary. And so, yeah, there were some scenes. Uh, and, and another quick note is just, man... The game just keeps getting stepped up by makeup people in Hollywood. Oh, no kidding. Between some of the stuff we were talking about with Walking Dead, but that the, the, the headless little girl on the side of the road with the mutilated face and Jesus. then the hands. The, the work that was done in terms of that prop, that head prop, yeah. unless it was a real head. I know. <laughs> but like the work that was done on it was just like, holy shit. And again, it, it's just a still camera on that for what seems like three years, but uh, it's, it's, it stays in my mind. Like It's still there right now. It yeah. went with me to bed. 
It's yeah. that, that 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 image of the head is mythical, and I'm talking to you right now. But anyone that's seen this movie yet is now thinking of the head. And going, yeah. But like the the, the makeup people, uh, just in general, uh, and then of course the image with the wire at the end of the movie. That was that was pretty brutal. Again, that's another scene where it's played out in real time, and uh, a lot of good uh, good good effects in there, practical effects. Uh, yeah, it's like. 30 seconds of a beheading. Yeah. It's, it's the longest beheading ever. It's, like, it's a soft beheading, too. It's an auto soft beheading. But, so, and I had mentioned to you this, but this movie, and I really appreciate it being a theater kid and, and being from the theater, but this movie reads a lot like a modern Greek tragedy. And there, it's not coincidental that when Peter is in class... And that, that first literature class he's in, they're talking about this play, and they're talking about what's more tragic uh, to bring on your own ruin or to be uh, to, to have doom just already ahead of you and to not be able to control it. And what's more tragic to bring on your own uh, demise or to have no say in it and one of the girls at the very end of the scene says well it's more tragic if they they didn't have any say because then they're just these cogs in this tragedy wheel you know and there's this discussion that the class is having while he's staring at the girl in front of his ass or her ass excuse me <laughs> but yeah and so it's like that kind of like stuck out to me and as you're rolling through this movie you find out that no matter what the actions of Tony Collette were going to be no matter what the kids did uh, there was this ordained almost you know from from heavens or hell, there was just this inevitability that this terror was going to hit them. And that's the ultimate kind of tragedy. It's the ultimate right. kind of horror. And so as that plays out, and I'm like, oh, they're doing a Greek tragedy right now, it brought back a lot of the memories when I like watched you know, Medea or something. And I, if you've never, and then you had said you had never read a Greek tragedy, like the, the story of Medea, this woman essentially loses her mind and murders her sons uh, as as payback for for the evil deeds of her husband, mm. and so she just and so at the end of Medea, this man's just Jason is wallowing on my sons, you murdered my sons, you know, and it's just like really sick shit, and it's really <laughs> the scariest types of theater are Greek tragedies. It's really dark, and so to kind of take a modern horror film and kind of take it and, and kind of use some of those themes and those elements, I thought was pretty cool. You're making me realize now why this movie is called Hereditary. It's like an unavoidable thing. Like, it's like a bloodline thing with this family, apparently. Yeah, and and <laughs> even and it even got played. There was a Michael Shannon movie uh, a few years back in 2011 called Take Shelter, where he talks and and he's he's this man who's slowly going insane, very much like how Peter does in this movie, and you find out that you know his father was insane, committed suicide, his mother was schizophrenic. They found her in a dumpster eating out of diapers, and nice. she was she was institutionalized. And he slowly starts to gain this paranoia that these major storms are coming. So he forces his family down into the shelter. Take shelter is the name of the movie. Gotcha. And that movie really compared to this movie in that, especially when she's in that support scene and she's going. She says this very dramatically, but, you know, my father killed himself, starved himself to death. I'm sure that was a nightmare. Uh, my mother was schizophrenic. We were on and off. I ended up soaking my kids in lighter fluid. I, I do sleepwalking. And you start to go, oh, that's the hereditary piece. Right. And just this, like, this, this slow evolution into madness. 
And yeah, in, in, you know, in that bloodline, just all this evil in this seventh circle of hell, God <laughs> coming down from, you know, coming up from hell uh, to overtake. And it's just inevitable because yep. it's, it's, it's in your blood. And the inevitability of it is the most terrifying part. Yeah, it, There's it, no say. Once the, the movie sort of lays its cards on the table of what's going to happen, ultimately to Peter, like you just have to sit there and take it. Just like how Peter has to sit there and take what's going to happen. He, he doesn't know what's happening to him until towards the very end of the movie, but uh, as the as the movie watcher, you you realize, oh shit, this is all coming down on Peter now. You think yeah. you think that Tony Collette's like the main part of it. Well, she's a huge piece of the puzzle yeah. of course mm-hmm. the daughter huge piece of the puzzle of course yeah the she's husband. the medium yeah, essentially exactly yeah. uh, but the uh, there was there were some things that were pretty heavy handed that I picked up right away like when she shows up to Joni's house and they've got that mat oh my mom used to make mats it's like it's way a, too yeah. it's just not something you say in passing yeah exactly uh, so you know so then so once that happens I'm like okay Joni's definitely and she's it's just way too convenient where she keeps yeah, popping Yeah, they just happen to meet. I did not necessarily see him being the mark. And, and they do kind of lay some breadcrumbs down along the way of like, oh, when she says, Grandma wished that I was born a boy. Right. Because, you know, now they have to do this body conversion. Uh, or she, you know, they, they, they talk about like the firstborn son. And she even mentions it in the support group. That support group scene was very important. Yeah, right? absolutely. But when she mentions, you know, my, I wouldn't let my mother own my firstborn son. But then, you know, she... She sunk her hooks into my my daughter once my daughter was born, and she wouldn't, you know, my grandma wouldn't let me even feed you, and so some of the whole like, and then you find out that it needs to be in the body of a male. Right. The the, the host needs to be a male, and it's highlighted and underlined and everything. It's yeah. Like, oh shoot! It's Peter the whole time. Exactly. So I didn't necessarily see that hook coming until she went into the box and, and pulled out the books. Uh, another hint too is when Tony Collette is speaking about her family. She had a brother. That committed suicide at a young age. Oh, because he was he was quote unquote schizophrenic, and he said that he was his suicide note blamed his mother. Well, she tried to make yeah, her son. She tried to try to pass him. it on, yeah. but he killed himself. So, so I had he, to wait for the next baby boy in the family. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So pretty pretty gnarly in terms of uh, performances. We already mentioned Tony Collette. I really feel that she wins this movie. But uh, some of the other people, Alex Wolf, who plays Peter. Yeah, I thought he also goes to the ringer. <laughs> yeah, and some of the, some of the stuff I wasn't, I, I didn't buy as much. I think some of his like whimpering when they were at the table and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know if I necessarily bought that choice in that moment, uh, but other times I really found him very genuine in terms of the the sheer terror that he was going through, uh, and I because he's like trying to numb himself and with the weed and everything yeah. I, I liked him I liked him kind of bookend I liked it I liked him in the beginning of the movie and then towards the middle of it uh, but then when he really started to go more and more insane towards the end of the film I, I, I thought the performance picked back up again and that's a really difficult role to like to have a measured performance to slowly slip into madness yeah I think it was very challenging and you know a guy that I really haven't seen a lot of he was in the Jumanji, the new Jumanji movie. He was the main guy, but he's barely in it. Oh, really? Because they become avatars like, right oh, away. Oh, okay. So he was like the nerdy guy in the beginning, and then his avatar is The Rock, and then he comes back at the end. So it's the only time I've ever seen the guy otherwise. But uh, I thought he was really good. I've always really liked Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, he just plays the grieving father. He's he's the one person that has it together in the movie and just trying to have it together the, the best he's, he's the rock of the family yeah I don't even know how he goes up he, he, 
He seems very, like, slump-shouldered defeated once he finds that decapitated body upstairs. Oh, yeah. And I would be a little more irate. <laughs> and there's, there was, he, was very, he was a very polite man for all of the circumstances with his wife. Yeah. Honey, what's that smell? Come on now. <laughs> Let's go to bed. I'm like, dude, yeah. ladies, ruining your family. Yeah. You know? It's <laughs> like... Coming apart at the seams. I, I would have put up a lot more fight dur- during the seance moment than Gabriel Byrne probably put up. <laughs> but again, uh, I, I thought he was he was pretty well overall. And then Miley Shapiro, the it was yeah, the uh, well, Charlie. Charlie. Oh, yeah, man, that cluck. I've always hated the cluck noise. Oh, I know. And anybody, just super creepy. What are they just like? You see that casting call? Need the creepiest looking child that's ever yeah. existed. And it's like, that's thing, me. Another thing too, like speaking like kids on like casting calls. Imagine you have a thirteen year old daughter. You, you bring her to an audition, knowing that she's going to be beheaded in this movie. Like, there's a lot that's of beheading. Be rough to watch like a, a prosthetic of like your daughter, yeah. her head. Well, with the beheadings <laughs> in this movie, there's almost it's almost like with MacGruber and the throat rips, where it's like he's like looking to get as many throat rips as possible yeah. through the movie, and it's almost like this movie they were going with like how many beheadings can we pull? Yeah, up? I need to get one more beheading yeah. in before we finish this thing. Let's never saw her head. Yeah. Well, I did read that. So there's a scene in the movie where Tony Klutz reading through the books and like reading about Daemon or whatever the name of the, the demon god uh-huh. is. Well, apparently in the illustration there's a, a there's the demon and he has three heads like hanging off of him. He's like on a horse or oh, a camel or something. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Yeah. So honestly, I, I really want to see this movie again to try and not that I know what it's about. You're to going try back in piece. there, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch the the three head thing, but that's that's a good call out. Another thing with me, and just as an element, because she works in miniatures, she works in miniature models, just a very creepy thing. In oh, yeah, very creepy. Which led itself to the best shot, in my opinion, which in the very beginning when they're doing that slow pan of the room and then you see the miniature of the house and then they're zooming in and then the dad walks in and the son's already in bed. Yeah, And that, that was whole wild. transition, that was really, really cool effect. Uh, but just with Beetlejuice was another movie that used oh, miniatures yeah, very, right. very creepily. I was just to think of that. Yeah. Just a really, just a, <laughs> just a creepy element for me. One thing that I loved about this movie is a, a big problem with comedies and horror is they showed the best parts in the trailer. Um, I think Hereditary did a fairly good job of hiding exactly what the movie's about because the movie starts, it seems to center on this very strange little girl. But... yeah. Like, the director, he called his own shot. He pulled a psycho. You think the movie's going to be about the little girl. She's weird. She wants to connect to grandma, blah, blah, blah. Well, lo and behold, she's dead 35 minutes into the movie. Yeah, that's that was really interesting, too. And that's why I didn't see the, the telephone pole coming no. at all. And I, I thought maybe we were going to have the nut allergy I called, but I was like, we're, you know, what's going to happen with this? Are they going to kill her? Or is she going to have some sort of episode that's going to lead to more dramatic elements down the exactly. road? And then head out the window. And man, that was a lot of people in the theater. Oof. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, and you're right. Like the, you definitely think it's going to go one way. Or another one was uh, Drew Barrymore in Scream. Yep, exactly. Where you think you know she's going to be like stunt casting. Like, yeah, yeah, and then they and then they kind of 180 you. But then you know, the the character, I guess, quoting with the character comes back at the end, and Charlie yeah, ends definitely. up being the, the so. Yeah, dude, it was super. They they definitely did kind of MacGuffin year, 180. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all, and it definitely succeeded for me. Yeah, and there was a there was a there was a bird, uh, headless bird, and so I'd seen <laughs> that in the trailer, and there was a part of me, and she was going to cut the head off the bird that just wanted to scream, "Our pets' heads are falling off!" <laughs> like dumb and dumber. <laughs> 
Do you think that would have gotten a, a laugh in that moment if I would have done it? If I would have gone, <laughs> our heads, our pets' heads are falling off. I don't know. Because there was, a, again, another audible gasp from the crowd. Because it just, no holds barred, just snip, cuts his bird's head off, pockets the head. Yeah, that was weird. So, yeah. those people must not have seen the trailer. Yeah, we should have <laughs> known that the demon was collecting heads. So Overall, so this movie is being kind of touted as one of the scariest movies the last 20, 25 years, uh, maybe of this generation. Would you go as far as to say that? Where do you think this is going to stand kind of in the pantheon? Because the first time I'd ever seen a movie like this was the Omen remake <laughs> with Liev Schreiber. Uh, there have been some others. You definitely see the homages to like Rome, Rosemary's Baby or The Exorcist. Oh, there's a lot of Rosemary's Baby in this A lot one. of Rosemary's Baby, a lot of Exorcist. Uh, where do you think this kind of stands in terms of an all-timer? That's a great question. It has buzzed now because, like you were saying in the beginning of this, that horror is kind of making its comeback, and, and, and horror needs its, its, uh, its, its champion. And right now it's definitely hereditary. As far as all time, I don't know. Because it takes so many tropes that we've seen before, seance, family grieving, bloodline, cult, things like that, sacrifice. Yeah, the cult piece is, has been done. Right, exactly. That, that's, that was the very Rosemary's Baby portion of this movie, I think. Like, seeing the, the connections there. Um, I don't know. It's a, personally, it's the movie I'm not going to forget because of, like, two sequences. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, those are going to stick in my... Yeah, in terms, of, in terms of iconic stuff, do you think there's anything in this movie that will be iconic? Where people are talking about the here's Johnny with the axe <laughs> or something, you know, again, another psychological slowly slipping into madness movie. I kind of compared it a little bit to The Shining, not in any of the plot elements, but just kind of my feelings when watching it. Yeah. Uh, another one that kind of takes its time sinking its it hooks into you. But anything iconic that you feel? No, I don't see it being like an all-timer. I think the wire, the wire might end up. I mean, that that was pretty brutal. That was pretty gnarly. Oh no, this movie's so really fresh for me. I'm just like like the two sequences that like blew blew our minds like are fresh. I think it stands the test of time. I do. Yeah. I honestly think that kids twenty years from today will have heard about this movie and might even throw it on at like that first horror party where you yeah. where you where you rent a bunch of DVDs just to try to out tough each other. Yeah. I think that this movie will be in that list. That's how I feel. All right. I don't know if it's going to be Halloween level. We did see another trailer for that. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, like a like an all-timer. I don't know if it's Wes Craven or, you know, whatever, but I I do think uh, I think that it's it's going to be around for a while. Yeah, I, for, I hope it does. I for mean, a first-time director, too. Yeah, And that's another seriously. thing, because comparing with Quiet Place. Quiet Place, you know, John Krasinski, first-time director. So now we, not only do we have good horror movies back in the pipeline, but we have some directors that we're excited about. Exactly. Again. So this this uh, Ari guy, is, yeah, Ari Aster, it's pretty, uh, it's mean, pretty exciting to see what else he's going to come yeah, up with. he's got my money for whatever his next project is. <laughs> and Tony Collette, man, it, it's, she's never gone away. She's always been on the indie scene, always very consistent. Now I can put her in the underappreciated category, and I think just she makes this movie. She is definitely the MVP and just fantastic performance. She's so. great. Any okay. other any other call outs, man? Any anything anything? Just uh, what was your favorite? What was your favorite moment? What was your favorite beat? Man, just that's it. The one two okay, the one two punch of Charlie's death, 
And the immediate after afterwards again, like you talked about, like Peter, like slowly coming home. It's a very delicate scene, very quiet scene of him going to bed. The camera follows him going to bed. All of a sudden, it's daytime and it's on his face. And then you hear Tony Collette, "Oh, I'm gonna go out for groceries." You hear her go out to the car. We all know what she, what she's about to experience. Mm-hmm. And then her just primal screaming the death of her daughter. Yeah. And then while that while her screams are still happening, and then it flashes to the head. Yeah, like it was a just that, it was a wallop. That man. sequence to me, that whole ten minutes between Oof. head out the window, telephone pole, get home, wake up in the morning, to to the headpiece. That's that's the part that still hangs with man. me. Man, and it's well, that's rough. That's yeah, rough. that was very rough. Uh, but <laughs> overall, I feel like I, I'm happy. I feel like I feel like when I was nervous as a kid to ride a big roller coaster and then you get off of it and you feel like a tough guy. I really feel like <laughs> that's where me and you were walking out kind of heads high like, yeah, yeah we saw Hereditary. So It but, did feel like an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for the people that hung in there. Also, uh, Gabriel Byrne was in Stigmata, right? He's always he's been in some other movies he, about... He, he played Satan in uh, End of Days, the Schwarzenegger movie. That was him, wasn't it? He's He's been in some, some devil-related things. <laughs> yeah, uh, some look out for Gabriel slight. Byrne. He may be a demon. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but overall, uh, I would definitely give it a recommend. Uh, think it's one of the better movies I've seen this year. Definitely, definitely a thrill ride. Definitely gripping the seats, sweating, and uh, had a good time. Had a good time with you, brother. Yeah, man. Great. Cool. So, uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening to the pod today. Hope you guys enjoyed what we had to say. Hope you guys didn't uh, run into any spoilers that you weren't expecting. And from Bobby Peterson. Go see this movie. It's awesome. And me, Bob Panelon, thank you guys for listening. Bye, creepy. The goes hiss, hiss, hiss. The chicken goes cluck, 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 cluck. The frog goes ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. And the bee says buzz, 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 buzz. These are the sounds that the animals make. These are the sounds that the animals make. These are the sounds that the animals make. These are the sounds.